Hello, hello. Welcome to the Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries. Um, this is your noble Neha, or high priest, 
Nikki Aristar. So welcome. Yes, I now have a stage name. Most people prior to that meeting is my former name. Uh, but this is what you're going to know me now is Mickey, M-I-C-I-E. Uh, that's how I'm going to go from here. So we're going to go over aching bones. When you think about aching bones, what's aching bones? Interesting. <laughs> the next two things we're doing is going to uh, really hit home. Um, and I'm going to read this. Aching bones. Have mercy on me, Adonai, for I am faint. Heal me, Adonai, for my bones are in agony. And that's Psalm 6 2. It was David singing to his, con to his people he knew. He was Malaka Tazeki. Um, so we're now going to go into this reading. Says, did you have trouble getting up in the morning this morning? Maybe it was too dark. You have a late night or your bones are too achy to want to move. Our lifestyles don't allow us to have just to stay in bed as long as we need to. There are kids, jobs, or classes to attend to, and those things won't wait for you. Interesting to say that. <laughs> Life is what we made it, after all. Okay. It says, we are prone to staying up too late, forget to eat breakfast, and generally just rush around a lot. This can make us faint and tired by the end of the day. Ask Adonai for energy. And then make some wise choices about your schedule so you can endure the days ahead. And the question it asks, when are you feeling tired and sore? How do you seek wisdom to the healthiest things for your body and mind? So, for me, I read the word, I meditate on the word, and I do meditative, contemplative prayer. Sometimes an hour, sometimes 30 minutes. It just depends on what I'm praying on and who I'm praying for. Uh, my prayer consists of sitting in the bed with my legs folded. I have my hands down by my side in certain positions. And I just concentrate, and I hear the Father speak. Um, that's the way I do it as a prophet anyone. So now, let's go in. Embracing weakness. This is the other one I wanted to read. Because this ties in with two articles I got up here. that talk about Kamala and Biden. Which is very interesting that it would talk about Kamala and Biden. This is Embracing Weakness. Humble yourselves in the sight of Adonai, and he will lift you up. James 4.10. Now, I'm not reading this to support Biden or Kamala. I don't like either one of them. I'm a federalist, so as a federalist, I do not like their policy. Their policy is destroying the country I live in and also hurting other countries in the process. This will explain what's going on and the debacle that happened in the last two or three days. You can laugh, or you can cry, or you can get angry if you're a Democrat. I don't care. I don't like Pelosi either. I don't like her policy making, nor any of the Democrats, including Neymar. I'm voicing my opinion right now. Do you ever find yourself suddenly aware of your own glaring weakness? Aware that if left up to your own works, 
you wouldn't stand a chance of attaining salvation. We should find great comfort in the fact that we are nothing without salvation in Yeshua the Messiah. Thankfully, Yahuwah made a way for us to unite with him. Despite impatience, selfish anger, and pride, Yahuwah, or Yahweh, deeply cares for us and patiently sustains us with steady, faithful, adoring love. Amazing. His love even goes beyond this embrace and transforms our weaknesses when we yield it to him. Weakness isn't something to be feared or hidden. Weakness submitted to Yahweh or Yahuwah allows the power of the Messiah to work in and through us. When we know our weaknesses, we are more aware of our needs for his strength. When we put ourselves in a position of humility and ask him to be strong, where we are weak, he is delighted to help. How can you submit your weakness to Yahweh or Yahuwah so that through him you can be strong? America was founded on the principle of being able to have freedom to worship the Father, or Abba, as my people call him, Abba. Um, he goes by many names, some call him Yahuwah, some call him Yahweh, some call him Jehovah Jireh, or Yahuwah Jireh, or Yara, as it's called. Others call him Adonai, others call him Elohim. Throughout the Bible, it talks about his pluricity. But there's one thing that remains. Yeshua Yahuwah is one person. Let me explain why I quote what I quote. The Father is the Son as the Son is the Father. In Jewish uh, customs, the Father trains the Son. The Son is a disciple or steward. It takes years for that son to learn the father's trade. That was common in Jewish society, the same way with Abraham as it was Isaac as it was Jacob, because they were herdsmen. A herdsman trades a herdsman. They train him to understand the land. They train him to understand the principles. As a Nazarite Jew, we are trained to understand the father's will. But we also understand who the Father is. The principle of the Father and the Son is the Father's name comes first. The Son's name comes last. It's the same way with a woman. My name is Mahaya, Hadassa, Yaloma. But if you put it backwards, it's, it follows Yaloma, Hadassa, Mahaya, Ben David. Or it would be Ben or Bat David in most cases, daughter of David. Um, Yahuwah was the same line. He had his original name, and then his mother and father gave him a Yahushua. So his full name is Yahuwah, or Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahushua. Now, David was married into the Levi clan. So I have both Levi, and I have... Judah. But then I also have my Gentile part, which has been from Manasseh and some other family members. So I have both Jew and Gentile in me. And predominantly the Gentile, I had European, 
Native American, which was Eskimo, and was suspected for American. The other half of me had the Jewish. I had Ashkenazi and and Sephardic both in me because it ran in the line of David. And then also I have Native Americans through my mother's father's side. I find it appalling that the same people that tout socialism as being the correct form of running a country, the Native American, and I had posted a video and recorded the video of Native Americans talking about what socialist programs have done to the Native American population. I disagree. I agree with the Native Americans in the fact that socialism is not right. It leads into a fascism, and we have a president that is a fascist. To me, I don't like him. I'm seeing the rise of the Fourth Reich. I'm seeing the rise of anti-Semitism in this generation, in this president's presidency, in places like New York and in the South. I'm seeing swastikas again. I'm seeing racial slurs, even on churches, swastikas. Think about it. We have Antifa, we have Antifa and, and other groups, Black Lives Matter, scrolling these things across churches. And they come out with their anti-Semitic, moronic, communist view. And I, I'm, I'm putting it plainly. Um, I disagree with it. But I'm not going to go that, that route tonight. I want to read this and leave you to do your opinions yourself. I give the verses. I give my opinion on the Biden and Camilla many times, even the history of what Hitler was. Hitler's Nazi party meant national socialist, national affirmative socialist incentive. They were a Democrat party in Russia. Look what they've done from 1938 all the way to 1948, just before Israel became a nation. They killed not only 6.5 million Jewish people, splaying them open, cutting them open, and doing such. Women with their eugenics programs and all that. Children being injected with who knows what. Um, and then being gassed. Um, it is what it is. Now we have a country earlier before the election and in the election calling for innocent people, innocent Americans to go to concentration camps, to be re-educated. Now you're seeing things in the schools where they're talking about separating males and females again. That's anti-socialism or anti-freedom. We're seeing swastikas on schools, on churches, on buses now that teach Judaism. And Christianity. Is this right? Is it right to force an American woman that does not want to take a vaccine, mandate it, and tell her she has no right to deny it when there's side effects? I'm not taking it, but yet they're mandating it. What happened to the America we knew? What happened to our guts and strength? What happened? to our American senators that went back to the American people and asked them what they really wanted. They don't do that. I posted another uh, 
familiar that was talking about getting backbone. I'm speaking out now, not because of backbone, but I'm speaking out just like Martin Luther King did. He had a dream of seeing little white boys, little black boys and girls, little Jewish girls, all of them coming together and being in one nation playing in a utopia that God designed. Now we have a man, a, a Democratic Party in office, putting things through that kills people, kills children, forces people to separate, even to the point they destroy families. And now what I read is going to prove the fact. So I'm going to read the first article from CB News, conservative briefing. It says, Neely has turned on Biden over his disastrous handling of Afghanistan. In short, it says here, for those who never thought the day that today's left-wing media would ever turn on the Democratic president, the day has come, and interestingly, it's over his debacle withdrawal from Afghanistan, America's longest war. On Friday, President Biden was brief, briefing reporters about the situation in the country where thousands of Americans remain trapped and thousands of U.S. troops are on station at the International Airport in Kabul just waiting for orders to get to go get our citizens like France and Britain are doing. So they're still waiting, waiting to leave these people. And this was two days ago. Huh, interesting. We have no indication that we haven't been able to get into Cabal through the airport, Biden said during a press conference on Friday in response to the questions about whether he agreed to send U.S. troops into the city to evacuate Americans who haven't been able to get to the airport safely. This is mind-blowing. I mean, here I am, an American citizen. I live in the Northwest or Northeast. I live on the southern tip just across from Kentucky. And I'm seeing a president leaving American citizens in a war-torn area with the Taliban. Oh, what kind of stupidity is this? It goes on to say, we have made an agreement with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. Biden continues. Oh, yeah. Allowed them to go through, but yet they're being beaten. It's in their interest for them to go through so we know of no circumstances where American citizens carrying American passports are trying to get through the airport. But we will do whatever needed to do be done to see to it they get into the airport, he says. This is what he's saying. But yet he's not made any, any apparent action. Wrong things to say, apparently, because historically, Democrat-friendly media outlets pounced on the statement. Ooh. Well, we have difficulty getting into the airport, said CNN Clarissa Ward, insisted in the interview from, the, from Kabul with her network. It is very difficult. It is not a simple process at all. And you might remember, I did not live short a couple days ago outside the airport. She explained to an anchor, 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 Victor Blackwell. So here we're seeing 
CNN and CBN and all these other have anchor people that are stuck in cabal. And yeah, they're doing nothing about it. Okay. I was talking to people with green cards, people who had all their SIV applications accepted, their visas, and they couldn't get close, she said. Anyone who says they're an American can't get in here. You know, yeah, I mean, technically it's impossible, but it's extremely difficult, and it, it is dangerous. Interesting. Meanwhile, over at ABC News, David Murad asked the network's senior foreign correspondent, Ian Halim, who was also broadcasting from Cabal, much of the same question. The president said he has no intelligence that Americans have been unable to get there. Get where? A question obviously does, does the square with reporting on the ground, Murad said. I mean, just totally not. Pela Pelin responded, it just seems that the reality of the rhetoric are miles apart. I'm not quite sure the advice the president is receiving, but the truth on the ground is these people who are in fear for their lives can't get through. Pelin noted further that some Americans have been beaten, beaten with rubber fan belts from vehicles by the Taliban. Americans, listen to what I'm saying, and Chief NBC News foreign correspondent Richard Engel, England, or Engel, who was reported from Doha, Quartor, told anchor Lester Holt, President Biden just described a very orderly process in American airlift that is going efficiently that there is a negotiation with the Taliban, that it's just, that it may be difficult for Afghanis, Afghans can get to the airport and then get to the flights and then come to the place. Okay, so we're seeing here, another news outlet, three in a row. talking about the Taliban and what's actually happening. Wow. So let's go on down. It is far more chaotic than that. Oh, what feed, what's feeding this sudden media against the Bidens? Are they just playing their role? It is near, nearing time for the obviously senile Biden to be replaced. Has he served his purpose? Seems like we're getting closer to finding out. And this is a Democratic conservative conservatory that is that is quoting this Con called conservative briefing. Interesting that they would say he's now. <laughs> yeah, see now. <laughs> Sorry there. Now, the same briefing nearly two years ago, nearly, what, he's been in office now for half a year, just a little over half a year. Um, earlier, when they had all the rioting going on, was talking about 
Americans have to go to concentration camps. Interesting. I find it shocking that this is being reported. So let's go to the next one. Kamala Harris faces doubts from international leaders over Afghan crisis. Another one. So let's see what it says. It says, Vice President Kamala Harris faces a steep challenge in convincing American partners in South Asia that the Biden administration is up to the task of serving with a dependable partner and yet global condemnation of America's disastrous handling of the crisis in Afghanistan. And this was just recent. Let's see. I'll go today. Ah, here we go. Amid the Biden's catastrophic, catastrophic withdrawal of forces from Afghanistan and its fall to the Taliban, Harris's trip to South Asia may be coinciding in the worst way possible as Biden struggles to convince the world that he is doing a good job. During a visit to Singapore on Monday, Harris boasted that the U.S. is a global leader and that it vows enduring engagement in Asia. The president offered assurance of Washington's comments to the region. Years after its neglect, neglected its Asian partners and allowed China to expand its sphere of influence, Harris remarks come just days after the Taliban seizes power in Kabul. Whoa. Ha, 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 ha. Says, our administration is committed to enduring engagement in Singapore, into the Southeast Asian and Indo-Pacific, Harris said. The reason I am here is because the United States is a global leader and we take that role seriously. Really? It goes on down here to talk about the Taliban, the debacle. Since the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan cast a shadow on the U.S. United States influence on the world stage and comes amid China and Russia's efforts to court American allies. As reported by the conservative briefing, Harris dodged questions about whether the U.S.'s capability has been damaged by the unfolding disaster in Afghanistan, saying only that the Biden administration focus was on evacuating American citizens, Afghans who work with the United States, and vulnerable Afghanis, including women and children. Oh, now he is bringing more children over here. Not that I don't support that. We should help Christians and stuff like that, our brothers and sisters. Singapore Prime Minister Lee Sing Lu was amicable to Harris, reassuring that during their two-hour meeting on Monday that Daily Mail, he noted to the press that Singapore was offering military craft to help in the evacuation from Kabul airports, which is being overseen by U.S. military. Prime Minister Lee said that Singapore had America to thank for 20 years of peace and hope that the trouble did not return following Biden's pullout of Afghanistan. From this, Singapore is grateful, he said. We hope Afghan, Afghanistan does not become an epidemic center for terrorism again. It shows that the U.S. has both the strategic and economic stakes in the Southeast Asia. We value the U.S.'s renewing ties with its friends and partners here, especially Singapore, he said. Joe Biden ran a campaign on turning America into a stabilized world force during the 2020 elections and promised the public that there would be no more instability with him in office. Despite Biden's promise, the seize of power by the Taliban, which ruled Afghanistan with an iron hand, 
first between the years of 1996 to 2001, enabled terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda to establish training camps in Afghanistan and carry out numerous terror, uh, terrorist attacks throughout the Western Hemisphere, may bring about a return of the Afghan's darkest hours. Interesting. As previously reported by the conservative briefing, Harris faces criticism for being tone deaf for the visit of Vietnam. As the first U.S. president to visit the country since the end of the Vietnam War in 1975, amid the crisis in Afghanistan, the New York Times compared the fall of Saigon in 1975 to that of Kabul, which strikingly similarity between evacuations of the U.S. forces from a war it fought and ultimately lost. Despite the poor timing, U.S. officials insist that this trip was planned long before the crisis occurred and that and remains focused on the Biden administration's strategic goals in Asia, which will be carried out by Harris in the week's week-long trip. And this is a report from the New York Times. It says, it was in 1975 that the merciless backdrop of Southeast Asia and the Washington largely opened American doors, letting in some 300,000 refugees from Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia over the next four years. Joseph R. Biden, Jr., remember that same name, then a young senator from Delaware, co-sponsored landmark legislation that won unanimously passage in the Senate and was signed into law in 1980, divorcing refugee emissions from the U.S. foreign policy and generally expanding the number allowed into the country each year. Now a similar scene of chaos and desperation is unfolding in Cabal with the inclusion or conclusion of America's 20-year war with Afghanistan. Most analysts say there is little chance that the country will repeat the extensive refugee resettlement efforts that accompanied the end of the Vietnam War. Decades of lukewarm public sentiment over refugees, a toxic political stalemate over immigration, and the contemporary concerns over terrorism and the coronavirus pandemic have all but eliminated the possibility of similar mass mobilizations. This is what they're saying. So, there you go. I just gave you a briefing. Uh, my church is hosting. I just gave you a briefing of 26 minutes of Washington politics. Interesting. Other half of the hour, I'll be running a recording. So, I'll be back in about... 30 minutes. I've got to take a break and I'll be right back in 30 minutes.
Alright, I'm back. I'm going to finish the last 10 minutes and then I'm going to get off of here. Um, so I read what was on the news briefing. Uh, you can contact me at sacredology.com or I mean uh, sacredology, what am I? I don't know. Uh, 2013a at priest, not a I'm not going into too much more because I'm going to kind of try and take some time off, finish up my sabbatical, enjoy my evening, and I'm glad to welcome my viewers back. What few I do have. We go on a sabbatical, it takes a while. You don't get up to par right away. So I'm just going to ask you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. And pray for America. If you're in other countries, I'll pray for you. But pray for our nation. I'm not going to say pray for our current government because I don't, I'm not going to accept somebody doing what they're doing. I just don't agree with it. Uh, this president is eugenics all the way and Hitler all the way. What I see. So I've given my report. I'm going to say good evening. God bless you. Keep your prophetic praying. I'm going to say I'm calling out pastors, ministers, um, deacons, bishops. I'm calling out our Republican leaders, Federalist leaders. I'm calling out all Americans, prophets, apostles of the faith. Any believer I'm calling out right now for the Father's sake. We need to start standing and voicing our opinion giving our opinion where it matters and what happens so i love you guys i cherish you god bless and i'll see you tomorrow bye
All right. I decided to do one more round. I just got another news article cropped up. I want to read this. This is real time. It says, Taliban issues a bone-chilling warning to Joe Biden. It's a red line. So let's see what it says here. It says, Taliban, whoops. Taliban are essentially in control of Afghanistan now and issuing direct warnings to Joe Biden. In an interview with Sky News, Taliban spokesman Shaul Shaheen warned Biden and the United Kingdom Premier Prime Minister Boris Johnson of consequences if they were not to delay the withdrawal from U.S. troops past the original date. Biden's first announced the withdrawal of troops in April with a target date of September the 11th. Then the date was moved to August the 31st by the Associated Press. There's a red line, Sheen told Sky News, referring to the deadline by the Biden president, by, by Biden. Biden, President Biden announced on the 31st of August they would withdraw all their military. Sheen warned that any extension of this deadline constitutes extended occupation while there is no need for that. It will create mistrust between the U.S., Sheen said in the interview, if they are intent on conducting this occupation. It will provoke a reaction. And then they've got a video here where it tweeted. It goes on to say, as Afghanistan has control and been taken by the Taliban, bin Laden Biden has not handled questions very well about his catastrophic decision to withdraw the troops from the region. While speaking from the White House, Biden was clearly grieved of after the report asking him if he trusted the Taliban since the administration has done essentially nothing to prevent the terrorist organization from taking over Af- Afghanistan in the capital of Kabul. <clears throat> Do you trust the Taliban? Asked a reporter. I don't trust anybody, including you. I love you, but there is not a lot of people I trust, Biden said. Ooh, not a good answer for President Hughes. Go on and see what it it further says. The United Kingdom's House of Parliament offered a vote to hold Biden in contempt over his disastrous handling of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Biden handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal was condemned as catastrophic and shameful by the Brits, which are strongly strong allies to the United States. Conservative commentator Dan Bong. Gino is calling for Biden to resign from office over his latest catastrophic failure. Biden should resign immediately. Biden should have resigned yesterday, in fact. He should have resigned last week, he said. Senate Democrats are planning to investigate the Biden administration's flawed American withdrawal from Afghanistan. The Senate Intelligence and Foreign Relations Committee, both chaired by Democrats, are planning to investigate the catastrophic withdrawal. Since the Taliban began its takeover in Afghanistan, there has been a choir of people attacking Joe Biden and his administration. Florida Republicans Senator Rick Scott 
suggested using the 25th Amendment to remove Biden from office and presidency. House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy has slammed Biden for his handling of the withdrawal from the U.S. forces of Afghanistan, in Afghanistan, which have descended into chaos over weeks, over the weeks, as the Taliban force seized much of the country. McCarthy is now calling for an investigation into the Biden handling of the crisis. Republican George Representative Major, Majority uh, Majority Taylor Green said she is drafting an article of impeachment against Biden as a debacle on his Afghan withdrawal from troops. Kamal Harris is also reportedly refusing to accept any responsibility. A source reportedly said that Harris refused to be part part of addressing the American people after the terrorist groups took over Kabul, the capital of Afghanistan. A source said Harris screamed, they will not pin this blank on me. I will say it here. And that was Harris. And here is another one. It says, Kamala Harris has faced doubts from international leaders over Afghan crisis. We already read that. So it's been elated. So there's our five, our last of our five-minute briefings, which I constantly have news briefings that come up constantly over here on the side. But this is shocking. Um, I didn't think I would see this. I didn't think I would hear it. Well, again, I'm going to say I do. Have a wonderful evening. I'm going to post this. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to post this final posting, and I'm done for the evening. I'm not doing it anymore. I love you guys. Pray for everything I ask for, and I'll pray for you in return. We're all intercessors in this together, U.S. and otherwise, and we're around the world, and I'd welcome you to another evening of blind on here. I feel so good I'm back. Uh, it's been a long, drawn-out process. I love you guys, and I'll see you later. Bye.